Welcome back to Venture Lounge. Nothing ventured, nothing changed. Our goal every week is to bring you the realest conversations with the Space Coast's most interesting founders and investors. Whether you've tuned in before or this is your first time, if real raw startup stories are your thing, you can support Venture Lounge and our guests by hitting that subscribe button. Yeah, man. I think we're uh, we're doing some pretty special, fun stuff here at the Venture Lounge. I mean, every time we have a guest, one thing they always almost always say is I've never said that before on camera um, so we're really creating an environment here uh, where people feel comfortable to share these raw startup stories so uh, by all means um, if uh, you're super excited like we are about what's going on at Venture Lounge uh, subscribe and, and enjoy and enjoy the episode right and just to be clear Matt if they're on Spotify what do they do I don't know. They subscribe. They subscribe. Right. <laughs> right. Well, how about you? What, YouTube? YouTube, right? Yeah, YouTube as well. Right. Subscribe. So, yeah, subscribe. Why? Now that we're recording. So, now, at, is, is it okay if at any time I get bored, I can just pull my phone out and look at sports stuff? <laughs> You're allowed to have no. your phone? Huh? All right. You're allowed to have your phone? I, see, here's the thing. I yeah, get to do whatever I want. No, I it's, don't want my phone. I'll be distracted the whole time. I won't pay attention to anyone or anything. I got it. It's it's not that I like depressing movies. That's that, that's not it at all. Joker, to me, I mean, yes, there's there's some depression in it. But what's cool about the Joker movie is that it highlights, like, you know, mental illness and like what people are going through and like the history and like mental not illness and has sometimes never people, been more highlighted sometimes in people are really seeking help <laughs> before he got all nuts and crazy he was seeking help he was trying to do his his, his thing right and then and then you know society pushed too many buttons and he lost it a little bit but it was brilliantly acted you may have, no you wouldn't remember seeing because you didn't see the movie remember that scene where he climbs into the refrigerator? Yeah. That was not scripted. <laughs> it's a pretty cool method acting, man. Everyone's just so mean. Oh, so you're not gonna be in it? Oh. What? I have to be in it and you yeah. don't? Aubrey, you're gonna be in it for like a couple seconds. You just, can do it. Yeah. I will be in it. For Good, peer pressure, yay. Right. Hold on, hold on, what, I don't, what's? Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Is this considered a... But you can always get up from the couch and watch the camera and then come back. I mean, you could always I do that. I can't believe this. <laughs> do you... But the, the moral of Joker is that no one's nice and now Robert De Niro has to get shot in the face. That's like what... Right. That's the entire moral. Don't make fun of someone who's a little unhinged. <laughs> or you might get shot in the, the face. The craziest part, spoiler about that movie, the craziest part you about the whole thing. You make fun of me every day. <laughs> yeah, but you're not that unhinged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt comes in the next day with a hole in his face. <laughs> see, remember the moral, Matt. Sorry. Remember the moral. <laughs> it's your own fault, Matt. Just, uh, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> one too many pokes at Jessica. The Lady Gaga crossover for Joker 2 is really wild stuff. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it'll be one of the great joys of my life to see Lady Gaga <laughs> All right, so, so you got to let me know when you watch the Joker unhinged. movie. I'm going to wait until, like, the day before I see the Lady Gaga one. Mm. You should come over and watch it at mine and Kelly's place. Okay. Yeah. 
Jess, one day, like after the, it was like the day, it was Monday or something, and you were like, I love how Lady Gaga's in our podcast. I'm like, what do you mean Lady Gaga's in our podcast? Like, what could that possibly mean? And it, I had no idea it was her on the vinyl there the entire time. Oh, That's yeah. funny. Yep, she's right there with Mr. Tony Bennett, the legend Tony Bennett. Mm. Lady Gaga, the legend. The legend Lady Gaga's with Tony it's, Bennett. It's uh, Tony Bennett's album, but uh, her and her... <laughs> Tony and Lady Gaga did a uh, album together, and it's all the uh, old jazz classics. And yeah, to- Tony Bennett's freaking rad. This guy's like in his nineties. He still does tours. He still goes out and like is playing shows. Somebody fact check that. Mm. Do, go for it. He does it. He's in the, his nineties. Eh? I'm pretty sure he's not anymore because he did a, a performance at an award show with Lady Gaga. And it was like a big deal that he remembered who she was. Is Tony Bennett touring, Google? He was. When did he stop touring? Unfortunately, there are no concert dates for Tony Bennett scheduled in 2023. He must have just stopped. Tony Bennett? Was he 93? 94? 96. Wow. He's as old as my grandfather. That's wild stuff. Yeah, dude, I would not want to be alive at ninety six. I saw. Ooh, that's just yeah. too much time in this that, world. That Mac Miller line: uh, "Don't want to grow old, so I smoke just in case." Yeah, hey. there it is. I saw on TikTok yesterday. There's like pick this study smoking. that says they predict millennials will live to be like hundred and twenty years old. For what? Can you imagine mm. millennials? I just think that's absolute garbage. <laughs> Well, is it? But is it because of all like the all the tech that's coming out and all like the you know the advances in, in science and helping people live longer? I mean, that's right. That's but then there's McDonald's and Arby's and <laughs> so actually on this topic, I saw an interesting graph. <laughs> I saw an interesting graph that talks about spending like spending on healthcare per per country, and the chart basically shows. Obviously, over time, going back to the early 1900s, pretty steady incline in spending on on healthcare and how that results in um, living longer, and it kind of compares the two, and it's a pretty steady line for for the U.S. and really for the rest of the world. But once it got into like 2010, 2015, most other um, first world country countries have this significant jump in how old people live versus the spending and the spending is less but they're living longer and the u.s is like almost plateauing so like all these other countries they're spending less and people are living longer um and the u.s is like spending more and we're we're not declining in our how will we live but the actual growth over time is starting to plateau so it's like that's interesting i wonder what other countries are doing that we're not harvard you know american Huh? Proud to be an American. Yeah, it's fast food. <laughs> Harvard University in 2022. With rare exceptions, life expectancy has been on the rise in the U.S. 47 years in 1900, 68 years in 1950. 2019, what do you think it was, life expectancy in the U.S.? 76. 79, but Whoa. it fell to 77 in 2020 and dropped further to 76 in 2021. Wild, yeah. man. Hmm. You're on fact, Scott. Yeah. Bro, 
always spitting facts. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that's why I don't want to do a podcast, because if I say something that's not true, <laughs> it's now recorded for everybody to hear it. Then I'll scream, fact check him, yeah. just like I just did to Matt. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm literally just going to say li- things incredibly that. vague. I did not enjoy that at all. That's why Jessica's here specifically for that reason. Fact check. Keeping everybody honest. I think for all future podcasts, Jessica to just sit in the background and then every now and then yell, fact check. Fabulous. Like you would not like that. I tell you that right now. <laughs> Scott and I basically already do that to ourselves. <laughs> you would not be yeah, we, is that what you guys do in the we, conference room? We in the conference room, we're like, I don't believe that. And we Google it and we're like, yep, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't actually work during the podcast. We're literally just Dude, fact checking you can guys. Can we add an extra camera? <laughs> in that room <laughs> and just have it on them the bullpen, man. while we're doing our thing and then and then you know we'll have like little random and a microphone to hear our commentary yes. on your Scott commentary. Scott and I will get canceled for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That would be freaking hilarious. That would be It does get pretty, bad news for us. pretty wild in there. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> All right, now for our uh, for our running segment segment uh, mansion menu hacks. Matt, oh. you have anything? That's yeah, <laughs> no, he does have something. Yeah, I, do. I, do. I have a new one. I have a new one. So I don't know if it's a hack, but it's definitely. I've learned how to get a fuller meal for mm. the same price. Right. And it was suggested by Jim, so I don't know that you could qualify this as a hack. Right. But the other day, I spent nine dollars and sixty seven cents on my lunch, and it was a nice piece of blackened salmon. Which is my go-to, as you all know, and black beans. Where, where's the black? Where does he get his salmon from, Matt? <laughs> I, I, isn't it from Did, like Poland or something? <laughs> it changes every yeah, time. So I don't remember, dude. This I is one thing that Mike and I were in there. I don't know. Wait, do you actually know the answer <laughs> I, to that? I believe it was Scotland. Okay, I believe it's Scotland. It's either Scotland or Ireland. I'm pretty sure one of those two places. I don't remember. In your defense, Matt, I don't remember. I don't remember. remember. What Jen he's said he's told me four times. I don't remember. Yeah. I just know it's somewhere out there. But um, but he also, so yeah, black beans and rice, and it's a big, healthy portion of the black beans and rice. So it's an, you get, t- typically my little hack, I still leave a little hungry. I do not leave hungry anymore. Mm. And uh, yeah, really, really enjoy that. Good for you, man, getting the carbs in, dude. Yes, I'm enjoying it. Fantastic. So that's the... Anything uh, under ten dollars? I mean, come on. The Florida University message boards has to say before we want to get started, Scott. I don't know what the Florida University is. If you mean the University of Florida, that. there's a lot of solid stuff going on. Football, but, yeah. Sports, scores, <laughs> scores, all the scores in the net. No, that's a privileged community, Connor, that I pay to have access to. So I'm not going to share publicly the information that gets put out. That's uh, that's very responsible yeah. of you, Scott. Yeah. We should tell everyone that I got second at March Madness. She did. And none of you I got last. Did. I think. Just round of applause sure for that. Last. Yeah. Welcome to the Legacy Angel Network Venture Lounge, where nothing ventured is nothing changed. For Matt Hollenthaler, press one. For member services, press two. For real raw startup stories, press three. For all other questions or concerns, please wait on the line in our next... Good evening, everyone. I'm Matt Helmenthaler, and you're listening to Venture Lounge, after-hour conversations with founders and investors. These are the stories, insights, and conversations that you aren't going to find on the company website. Because the real lessons you learn in the startup world 
the risk you take as an entrepreneur, the highs and the lows, the moments in your journey when no one else believes in you right before you break through. Those are the moments that you just have to hear for yourself. So grab a drink and listen in to the men and women who are changing the world. Welcome to the Venture Lounge. Welcome back to Venture Lounge, everybody. <laughs> nothing venture, nothing change. Uh, today we're having a, a little team meeting here. Talk a little bit about uh, people on the team, which some faces that are usually behind the camera or in the conference room making fun of us while we're recording. So yeah. thanks, guys, for enduring this torture. We appreciate you. Yeah, and, 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 and you know we appreciate it because we couldn't find anyone else to go on our podcast for today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We need we need to keep that content coming, man. So let let's run down. Let's just team introductions here. Um, I guess we start with who was the we the first employee at Legacy is not here, but that was Jessica Marsh, correct? Actually, the first employee was me. But yes, no. You're uh, the founder, man. I, I'm, I know, but I'm also an employee of my okay. own company. All right. We're all the same. Mm. We are all the same. I like it. Yeah. It's not true. It's okay. We're not. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, we're so, employees. Uh, um, yeah, it would have been Jessica Marsh, Scott's better half. Um, and yeah, that is she's, true. She's an absolute <laughs> like freak of nature, Fact badass. Checker. I mean, she uh, she really set the bar for Scott. Mm. Um, <laughs> And and he's he's almost there. He's he's trying to meet it. Yeah. So, but then she was quickly replaced by a younger and more culturally relevant Jess, who is now <laughs> sitting on the. T- <laughs> well, I could that, never replace her. Yeah. Just in addition to her. Yeah, I know. Which is funny she because still has the Jessica email. It's true, but mm-hmm. Jess Marsh. That's like being culturally relevant is one of the things she cares very little about. If I had to imagine, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're just gonna flash like. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what was great about having Jessica Marsh was that she was like she's the she was the kind of and very very similar to Scott, just like get shit done, put your head down, plow, figure it out. You know, I'm not the guy that's going to sit down and like research for hours on something. Mm-hmm. I don't have the attention span to do that. I am working on that. But um, Jessica Marsh was like she was very grounding for me when I was trying to grow the network. And so she came in and she was, she was just a, just, just a huge, 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 huge help. And then she, you know, she kind of spun out of, of legacy and started helping some of the companies that we, we funded. Um, and, uh, it was a huge asset to those companies. And, uh, yeah, so she's, uh, she's a rock star, man. Shout out Jess Marsh. And then, uh, Scott Marsh, Quickly on board after that, yeah. Tell tell us your background, man, and what you do here. Man, my background. <clears throat> I'm I'm just gonna start my background from when I started here because it's pretty um, eclectic. It and, is pretty eclectic. And if you want material that you can use in this podcast, I better refrain from <laughs> talking too much about my past. Um, <laughs> so, so shady sounding. No, yeah, it's not, not no, no, no. It's not that it's it's not that it's I bad. Mean, you weren't a pimp or anything. No, it's not that it's bad. I just don't have a lot of really good stuff to say about. Okay. When you previous were, things, right? All right. Um, all right. I'm, Being a I'm a very cynical Canada. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I it would just be me complaining the whole time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I would just complain. Um, so let me not complain. Yeah, yeah that's cool. uh, so I'm the I'm the business manager here at Legacy. I started um, in man uh, January 2020. Yeah, 
Is that right? No. January 21. 21. Yeah, because it was COVID. Um, Yeah, so business manager, um, very vague title. Um, I think intentionally, I kind of do a lot, a little bit of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I base my job is to do everything that Matt doesn't want to do. Yep, pretty much. Sure. that I can do. Yep. So um, I try to be an implementer. I try to be as good as my wife, Jessica Marsh. Um, not there yet, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm getting there. But right. no, I, I I implement organization processes. Make sure that. Um, the behind-the-scenes stuff is going um, smoothly and efficiently. That's essentially my job. A compliment to you. Um, our mutual friend, Jim, okay. said the other day he was talking to you and Connor, and he asked you, what do you guys do? And uh, Jim said to me, he goes, Scott's more like, like, like very, he's more detailed than you. And he's he under he goes he really gets all this and is able to explain it in a very detailed way. He goes, whereas Matt, you're a little, you're a lot of fluff. <laughs> yeah, I would so agree. Comp- I, t- true. So, so, yeah, yeah. Fact. So, so a compliment to you. Thank Jim, you. You know, Jim Jim complimented you, yeah. and he insulted me. It was yeah. great. So I'm not even gonna lie. When we sit in meetings together and you're talking about what we do, you're not you say it you say it way better than I can as far as like. Um, emotional buy-in but i'm just sitting there thinking i could technically say this in one sentence and this would have been over five <laughs> minutes ago the answer to this question would have been over five I, five I minutes ago i can't argue with that yeah i just don't have the passion that you do you know that's not true the difference in y'all's like uh i guess demeanors and tendencies like it's a very important tension that you two have you know what i mean of like vision and implementation yeah, that's right. like it's extremely productive yeah. like having both you guys on the yeah. team you know yeah i that's a real i would love to hear more of y'all's per- perspective on on how scott and i roll i think that that's that that's yeah i mean for the camera enough not for I the camera i don't want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> it is fun when Matt starts talking about something on this end of the table, and then on the exact opposite of the table, Scott just tells him all the things that he disagrees with immediately. <laughs> and then you guys like spend five minutes coming to a healthy middle, and that's where all the the legacy ideas well, are born. And, well, that's why we have these really balanced ideas. Well, and you said a vision versus implementer. Matt Matt always has these huge ideas, right? And I am I always think about what needs to happen practically in order for these ideas to mm. um, take place. And, you know, Matt doesn't really think about that stuff. <laughs> so um, at, w- w- sometimes it sounds like me just always uh, crapping on his ideas, but that's not my intention. I have no problem with ideas as long as it can be done, right? Mm. And my job is to make sure that it can be done and what's mm. necessary for these ideas to actually take place. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how we work. If it wasn't for Matt, I would just kind of be stuck always trying to create a better process to do the exact same thing, right? Matt pushes us forward, and I kind of like try to rein him back in reality. But together, we, uh, mm-hmm. I think we make a really good CEO yep. together yep. between the two of us. Yeah, I agree. Well articulated, Scott. Jessica Beck, how are you? Good, how are you? You're the, I think, I believe your LinkedIn profile says meme librarian because yeah. I made you change it to that <laughs> two days ago. 
does. But tell us what you do here, Jessica Backel. People are hearing from you all the time in many forms. Yeah, I do a lot of different stuff. I send a lot of emails to a lot of different people for a lot of different purposes. (laughs) 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 um, Plan a lot of the events and make sure that they happen. And I manage our social media accounts. Bless you for that. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) Yes. You're welcome. Many blessings. Thank you. I deserve them. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, a bunch of other random stuff when and where needed. You also manage my life. Yes, yep. I do. Yep, you protect my... I have complete access to Matt's calendar. Complete, yep. So I can put whatever I want on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. She, she literally, if she thinks I'm doing too much, she'll like... She like block off parts of my calendar. Like, you, you know, you're, you're not doing it. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah pretty cool yes jess also has a variety of very well-timed jokes about all of us which mm-hmm. is fun and sometimes <laughs> i just can't help she it just, you just come off like especially you talking to the camera right now you're just coming off so sweet and we just know what the, we, just, <laughs> we just know the, the real back is in there so yeah. you got your customer yeah your, uh, what, what is that called like uh my customer service voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> customer service, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Well, and you're also the voice on our on our little uh, a little a little. What do you call it? The little well, intro. Well, it was my yeah, voice the- until they had to edit down <laughs> the frequencies because they said it was too high pitch. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, Noah, who's editing this? You're my enemy number one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Noah called. That was the real Jess. <laughs> me, me and Noah, me and Noah talked on the phone, and he did say there's just like a frequency in Jess's voice that we should probably taper out, <laughs> just amazing. to make it because like when some people's voice, and it's not Jess's fault. I mean, she's a very pleasant voice, As but some Noah people's said, voice. I was born this way. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But some people's voice, just when it's being recorded, there are frequencies that you just have to tweak. We'll say, you know, I just, but it turned out wonderfully, Jess. You come off as yeah after well. they edited it, so it wasn't really me. <laughs> really, I had a lot of fun with the intro, like having both you guys record that. Uh, really yeah. enjoyed that. Just that was yeah. kind of cre- cre- creating the venture around lounge world. You know, I just I just pictured that conversation between you and Noah, and like <laughs> <laughs> he was Sorry. trying so hard to be There's really nice about issue. how he phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's funny. That's really funny. Dude, Noah's got some range. He like the dude, the our one of our podcast producers. Uh, he has like crazy. Well, he trained classically at Moorhead State University of all places. Mm. Uh, so like high hot can sing high soprano, <laughs> low. It's pretty wild stuff. Wow, can't do any of that. Wow. Do you sing, Jess? Is that why you I tapped into that unreachable frequency that most people? Can't even hear. (laughs) Only pets. Is that why you get? Is that why you love dogs so much? Yeah, they can hear me. They love me the way I am. Just I got to take my shots now while we're on the podcast. (laughs) You get too many in the office. That's fair. Fair. Aubrey Sherman had her screen time, (laughs) just like repost her on the couch here because she moved back behind the cameras. Obviously, you want to say anything about uh, your time here at Legacy? 
Very much so. Um, I think your LinkedIn profile, we changed it to uh, online vibe manager, which is yes. <laughs> I just make things look pretty. Aubrey uh, does a really good job at making them uh, practical and measurable and um, tapped into Google Analytics. So we got that set up on the website and everything, which is cool. Yep. Um, also, yeah, I'm always kind of the guy that, uh, you know, we're similar in the way that Matt, if we like, I, I like, you know, I have or ideas that I get excited about and oh, we got to get into this next room. So I'm going to run through this wall. Yeah. But Aubrey's like, wait, I found a door. Just go through the door. You know, kind of. <laughs> so that's kind of the dynamic there. Also, all of my clothing is sponsored by Aubrey Shoes. Dude, she's like kind of kind of styles me and we occasionally match. So we, we match today, which is kind of funny. Um, Aubrey, also, what, what are you squatting these days, Aubrey? <laughs> You want to take? You want to give us your totals on the mic? Come here. No title. No titles. <laughs> I'd say Aubrey Scott's more than Scott. I can tell. Oh, I like, can pretty much guarantee that. My Matt, chicken legs will break under any kind of pressure. I have no idea. I have no idea. If it's like a deep, proper squat, you know, I'm in, I'm threatened by Aubrey squat. So you know what I mean. She can squat <laughs> more than than uh, your average. Football player, yeah, yeah, she's pretty, pretty tough, dude. Badass. That's all my Aubrey updates. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful mother, and yes, we're uh, happy to have her on the team. I'm yeah, here to make things look pretty and sound as good as possible, and do my bits about you guys when I can. I'm enjoying myself and um, pretty excited about uh, what we're starting here, building here. Uh, the the future is bright. Just having the conversations that we've had with people, Matt, I feel like uh, people are, uh, I mean, before we got here, people were excited about what happening, what's happening at Legacy, but it's all, we're, we're a part of getting to see it accelerate, and that's exciting. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're right, man. It, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. For, when, we, when we started Legacy um, several years ago, um, again, it was just me kind of running around town getting shit done and it was it was uh it was i was pretty scattered um and just trying to like manage what i had and we were doing some cool stuff but <clears throat> i'm not a social media person i wasn't and if i was a social media person i didn't I, don't, I certainly didn't have the time to you know to to mess around with it and um you know so much of the Brevard community I mean, through word of mouth, they knew that we were doing some stuff, but but no one really knew, by and large, what we were doing and how we were doing it and why we were doing it and, and all of those things. And so, um, I feel really blessed and honored that um, we have such this really cool, dynamic team that's really kind of brought brought it all to life for um, for our our county. Um, and and that's. Now when I'm going places, I'm going to different events, I'm, I'm going and I'm speaking here or doing that, um, people know who we are mm. um, because of the work that you guys do. Um, and our members are feeling more cared for because of the work that you guys do. And so I think, I think it's, it's just um, seeing the dream and the vision kind of start to really come to life um, uh, has, <clears throat> has been very, very rewarding for me. Um, you know, ha having you guys a part of this, and and uh, I think it's it's important too for for people to see kind of what makes our little angel group different and unique, 
um, in that we have a full staff that comes around all these different opportunities. Mm. And we have a full staff that supports a network of investors. Right. Um, I, I can tell you most assuredly that um, most angel groups in this state do not have uh, this level of support for their um, mm -hmm. investors. And uh, so we are doing it a really unique way. And you guys are actually, you know, ch changing um, um, uh, how um, I think uh, you guys are helping change and implement how how um, we can uh, rethink angel investing and 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 support and, and all of those things. I mean, you guys have been just huge, all of you. So I'm very grateful for you guys. Thanks, man. Um, pull that mic up to you a little bit more. I always tell me what to do. I know that's my job. Um, yeah, man. I like. I think a big. We don't have the business acumen, uh, like us new to the team. We don't have the business acumen to like make seasoned investment decisions. But what we do as uh, support staff, I think, is really just make it easier for investors to win in this yep. community. You yep. know, and so what the podcast is just making. Um, these guests accessible to people that might be investing in in, in a Chance Glasgow's case and right. the Good Dog Rays, you know, um, just having that two hours of content for him is is really powerful. You got to kind of see into the mind of that person that is uh, this um, co-founder uh, that's had success in the past and has a really exciting new venture. You know, yeah. Um, so I think we're going to where this is an exclusive. <laughs> Community membership-wise, um, I think it's important to have some aspect of like real accessibility, and so um, you know, doing that there is exciting. Scott, I, I I wanted to have ask you while you're on the mic, man, kind of uh, the technical part of what we do. Can you talk about like SPV management, a little bit of things that we have put in place um, for this like community-based platform for investors to easily more easily, you know fund deals and be a part of the development, those kind of things. Um, sure, man. I'll, I'll do my best to summarize it in a, a way that isn't too boring. If, um, if, if you need it said in a different way that takes much longer, just let me know. You're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. the guy for that, yeah. No, it's, we'll, we'll start um, with the short, succinct version and right. the longer and more complicated no, and, version. And you said the word um, like technical, right? There's a lot of... Um, the VC world, whether you're on the startup side, whether you're a founder, or whether you're an investor, there's a lot of variation in terms and even understanding of what these terms practically mean for you, depending on which side of the fence you're on, right? Mm -hmm. um, legacy, we, Matt and I's goal, and, that, and you guys are obviously helping with that as well, is trying to create um, an educational side of things because, you know, Brevard County, Melbourne, Palm Bay, O'Galley, Vieira, Rockledge, Titusville, right? Shout out to all of our, um, did I miss any? Those are all of our major towns. Cape Canaveral. Yeah, Cape Canaveral. Cocoa Beach. I mean, we could hit them yeah, all, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're not Silicon Valley, right? Miami is now, like Austin is, is huge in the um, startup world. Miami is huge in the startup world. Lots of... Uh, very experienced investors flocking to these places. We aren't that yet, um, 
Brevard's amazing place to live, and I think it's just a matter of time before we get added to those conversations. So, like, legacy is at the ground level of that, and our members are at the ground level of that, but um, we don't have a lot of members that have 10, 15 plus years in um, angel investing or venture capital. Um, so, a lot of our members have. Um, you know, maybe been dabbling for a year or two. They've done some research. Maybe they've invested in one, two, maybe three companies up until this point when they kind of get engaged with us. Um, so a lot of what we do is kind of, and, and uh, Matt and I both have had to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we it's not like I have years and years and years of um, angel investing experience myself. So, I mean, when I came on in early 21, I had I, I you know read 10 15 books on angel investing um, listened to hours and hours of podcasts right did a ton of research so that way I could have answers to a lot of these questions um, that we were getting from our investors but the result of all of that combined with like real-time learning this world and real-time implementing what we're learning by investing in companies right you get it's like it's 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 kind of like going to college at the same time doing an internship, right? So like all those two things, the book knowledge and the practical experience come together to actually give you a pretty good sense of how things work, right? So the result of that is we realize what we needed um, as legacy, like administratively to ensure that our members have all the information they need in order to make wise investment opportunities, right? So, um, so we have um, we created a process for vetting companies. That's a very very detailed process. Uh, so before our companies um, even ever make it to being presented, they've gone through a lot of they've jumped through a lot of hoops. Right. Um, bottom line is, if you can't jump through those hoops to get to our investors, I'm not sure if you have what it takes to be a successful founder. Right. right? It's it's. It's not that um, it's not that we're trying to trap anybody or um, prevent anybody from raising any funding, but we want to make sure that a company is ready and that the founder is ready uh, to do what they say they're going to do. And um, you know, we have a significant vetting process, and every angel group will say that, um, and I believe that they do. Ours, I think, is probably um, as robust or more robust than a lot of the angel groups, primarily because. We don't just fund a company and then, um, I said this is going to be brief and this isn't at all, but we don't just fund a company and then cross our fingers and, and pray that it works out. We go down the road with a company until there's an exit. I know Matt said that on this podcast a hundred times, but that when we know we're going to go down a road with this company for five, seven, ten years... Uh, that changes how you decide which companies you want to invest in right. initially, right? Because um, you don't want to be stuck with somebody that you don't like or that you don't enjoy being around or that you think is just going to be a problem for the next five to seven to ten years because they don't, they don't listen or they, they, um, they listen, but then they don't take any advice from people who've been in that industry or um, you, you understand what I'm saying. So... Uh, we have a pretty robust vetting process um, from application. Um, we don't just get an application, review it, and then schedule an interview. We have a whole vetting team, um, advisors, members, partners. Um, then we decide if 
if we, we think that the idea and the business is viable enough, we'll schedule an informal meetup. This is not an interview. It's just a meetup. We just want to get to know them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we, the legacy factor is what we call it, essentially. Yeah. It's like the gut feeling, do I like this person? And do I think they have the passion, the perseverance, the consistency to do what they say that they're going to do, right? Uh, then after that, if we, if we like the idea and we like them, uh, then we'll schedule a formal interview, and that formal interview is a really a deep dive into their finances, their financial projections, their business model, market research. Um, and then if if they need help, we will get them the help and the support that they need, right? So if if we like the idea, we like the the founder, um, but they have no market research, all right, well, let's get them connected with someone that can get that and develop that out for them. So that way they have data to, to sell the company that they're looking for investment for, right? So we get them whatever they need um, before they're ever presented to our, to our, um, to our investors. Um, you mentioned the SPV. That's a very common investment vehicle nowadays. Um, essentially, all an SPV is, uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's a, um, it's a company, most, most likely an LLC, that buys equity in a company, right? So this LLC purchases equity in a company and then the investors purchase equity in the LLC. And they're now members um, of the LLC which owns um, equity in the company, right? So um, it's just a very easy uh, way to collaborate and work together with other investors to go in on one uh, one line on the um, man, my mind's the uh, cap table. Cap table, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I almost called it the data room. But, um, there's just a lot <laughs> of terms. A thing too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no one line on the cap table, which um, protects the company for future rounds, um, right? Um, but that's that's how we try to do all of our investments whenever a company has been approved as a as a legacy portfolio company. So. Yeah, man, and just uh, you building the reliable file structures on the data room side is extremely valuable uh, mm-hmm. for the investor base as well. It's kind yeah. of exciting once uh, once that was built. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's essentially establishing a set of criteria that needs to be met at each stage of the vetting process, right? So we have, before you send an application, you have to have these things ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Don't send us an application for funding if you don't even have a deck, even a rudimentary deck, right? version one of your pitch deck, you have to have that um, before you can apply, right? Um, Our data room, once you get approved for funding, you now throw um, all of the required data in our data room. Um, We, you click a file to upload, we have everything that needs to be included in that. Um, And our our members, now they know what to expect whenever they're interviewing or whenever they're um, Whenever a company is pitching and they're asked their Q&A time and they're asking questions, they already know like what the company has submitted. They already know what, um, where the company is. Like, so it really limits and narrowly and focuses the questions that our investors can ask for their own due diligence right? to determine if they feel like it's a good investment opportunity. So that's the intent of all of these processes pre-pitch. 
Uh, and then we won't get into it, we have a whole list of processes after funding as well. Like we have a funding stage, there's a whole lot that goes into that. And then after funding, once we've given them their money, there's a whole nother set of processes that we engage in with the companies. And we try to get our members involved in every single stage of that process, so. Dope. Well said, Scott. Did, did we, uh, you restarted this game. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, even on, I think that's like such a large part, or it is such a large part of what we do on the, um, just on the accessibility for investor side, like deal flow side, mm -hmm. and the development side. I mean, a lot of uh, the work that, like for Seafair, for instance, just building a reliable, like we have built a reliable file structure for them so all their content remains accessible for the years to come. It's like, so easy when you're in startup mode to uh, like just ignore those things to where it becomes a really mess, like ad administration becomes really messy and difficult down mm -hmm. the road, right? Um, and so the work that you're doing with them now, Scott, is, is uh, super valuable, man. That's cool. Um, dude, I just wanted to run through maybe like a few FAQs of uh, what you guys are getting uh, question-wise from investors, from founders, maybe mm -hmm. give a chance for some, uh, just some uh, clips basically of your response to some of those questions. So if you have any top of mind, you can roll with those first, but if not, I was just gonna go to uh, Reddit backslash startups. I got a list of them right here. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny actually to see yeah. like these look like, you wanna you want, you want try some of those first? Yeah. All right. Here's, here's recently of 12 hours ago, one of the top up votes on the R backslash startups. Um, this is a, a 1 million person or 1 million member thread. So um, okay. it's uh, should a solo non-technical founder start a technical startup? That was the that was a uh, how do I do this question um, from probably someone trying to do I, just that. I have I have a great response to that. Go for it, Matt. Um, maybe. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, that's not if, an easy question to answer well, at all. It, well, you got to unpack so, it a little so, bit. So, so it's it's one of those things, right? So if you if you so I mean I have a I have a an idea for a software. For a platform, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to talk about it right now, <laughs> but um, but um, I'm not a highly technical person, right? But um, it's within my field and my scope of expertise, right? So um, if you have a certain field and a scope of expertise, and you've thought of a solution that can solve your problem, and you have access to the right people who can technically help you solve that problem. And and so you're talking like you're talking like uh, we have we have all kinds of guests. That's cool. Yeah, who's that? Uh, there's a lady across the street. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Attorney across all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, if 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 it's in your field of expertise, you're a domain expert, um, and you have you have the support structure around you, or the ecosystem, or the the contacts, or the network that can actually bring all the resources together to achieve the success, then yeah, by all means, go for it. I mean, but, but if you, um, if you know, I, had a, I had a meeting yesterday, I won't say what it was, but I had a meeting <laughs> yesterday um, with, with someone with a good enough idea 
but it was just that it was an idea they're they're not the person to run the company they're not the person they don't have a strategy to to monetize they don't have like there's not it was it was just a it was just an idea um and uh they don't have the resources to even take the idea to, to the next step and so i think i think um yeah if it were me um again if it's in your field of expertise if you have the contacts to take it to the next level go for it otherwise um tell someone else who does and take a little <laughs> then you know get your piece on, on the back end but yeah it's yeah, that's that's my sure. There's a I think a lot which as I'm looking through these, that's a good answer, Matt. Um, as I'm looking through these, there's just a lot of uh, general kind of like how do I take this risk kind of questions that are mm-hmm. at the top of Reddit, which is interesting. Yeah, like the other one that I'm seeing is, uh, and maybe we can unpack what it or kind of in your mind what this would look like since we have conversations sure. with people doing this all the time. But uh, Scott, take a crack at this one. How can you tell if leaving a good paying job and opening a startup is right for you? That's a, yeah. that's an interesting question. <laughs> that's, um, I want to take a stab at this too when you're done. <laughs> so read it for me one more time. Yeah, it's like how do you take that risk? How how can you tell if leave, when when's the right time to leave a good paying job and yeah. like follow it's, your dream? Basically, that's a funny. It's funny that you asked me that question because I'm I'm such a. I'm a very practical guy, right? Um, I mean, Matt, so just like that, I literally went through this process to come to Legacy. Right. right. I, yeah, I, all of you did. Right. I had a... So like, But I it's to, kind of a risk by extension, right? Yeah, you know right? what I mean? Matt, so, Matt took the biggest risk, and yeah. then we're beneficiaries of that. But, you know, there's other... I mean, we could go work at Allstate or something. You know what right. I mean? Like, there's right. always... Well, and so for me, I was... Um, I had just gotten my master's in school counseling, like mm-hmm. spent a fortune to get that degree. And I landed a, a school counseling job in a school that I, I loved working at, right? And um, I enjoyed working there. You know, you're a school counselor. You're not making a ton of money or anything. but um, So I wouldn't classify it as a well-paying job, but I was very comfortable, right? I didn't. Um, and then Matt has been, ever since Jessica left, Matt's been like, poking me to come on take take that step just trust me you know come on let's go and um uh i probably told him no what three times Mm -hmm. over the course of a a while right um but man i don't i don't know what it was i don't i mean if i'm just being completely transparent i don't know if because i didn't know anything about the startup industry right I, i had no expertise in the field i mean i knew i could learn um but i was i didn't like have a passion for startups so that wasn't part of me making that transition Uh, i think for me honestly it was the fact of working with um working with you know matt's my brother-in-law but he's also like my best friend right so like working with your friends um uh having flexibility in your in your job not a literal eight to four, you know, Monday through Friday kind of deal. Uh, that was all intriguing. And then, you know, Matt's a really good um, salesperson. So he eventually <laughs> talked me into it. And I don't regret it at all, right? Um, yeah. So so answering, <laughs> no, I, no, I don't, I don't. Um, and things have just gotten so much more stressful because we're doing so much more than what yep. we originally started. And we're learning so much. I mean, at first yep. when we came... 
Matt and I would literally sit in the office and be like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. Like, what's the, you know, Matt's always out in the community, right? But like strategically developing a business, what's the next step, right? Um, so we, we had to kind of figure that out. Um, but um, but be the, going through that process yourself, like with you two initially, what do you tell? I mean, what advice would you give someone that's kind of in that same headspace? How did it start to it, materialize? It, and you said it. You said it's whatever your risk tolerance is. I mean, what, who's relying on you, right? You have a nice paying job that whether you like it or not, sometimes, I mean, again, I'm a practical guy. Sometimes you have, you know, a family of five and you have a car payment, you have a house payment. Leaving that to start your own business is like, and, the, and we have stories where people mm-hmm. have done that. I'm not saying don't do that, but you have to determine if you can handle it. Yeah. Like, what, what, where are you at? Yeah. And, and do you have, um, man, I don't want to say the fortitude, but do you have what it takes like to give all of that up to risk everything, right, and to start something brand new, that takes a different kind of person. That's why everyone's not out starting great big companies. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what makes the guests on the show um, so interesting because they've all done that, right? Mm. They've all taken that step. They've all, you know, they, they've gotten tired with, tired of what they're doing regardless of the financial situation and they risked it all to do their own thing right and that's that's it sounds cliche but that's a big deal right i absolutely agree with you i mean i like 100 count the cost you know is you know it count the cost look at what you have look at what you need uh and if it makes sense go for it i think charlie answered this question a little bit too in our in our in our podcast with, with charlie where he said you'll, you'll never you'll never be ready yeah, you just kind of, kind of, you have to go. But I, w- I would add this one other piece to it. I would just say, who's in your corner? Um, look at who's in your corner. If my wife, when I called her up and said, "Hey, um, I think I want to try and start this and do this," um, she goes, "Okay," and she went along with it. She was, but I had her support. Mm-hmm. If I had not had her support, Legacy Angel Network would not be here. If if it would have made her too scared or too nervous, and don't don't be wrong, plenty of times she's been scared, and plenty of times she's been nervous. It's not been like this this rocket ship of a process. Um, uh, but I needed that support in my corner because when I went home at night, I needed to know I had that support because mm-hmm. uh, this is a this is not for the faint of heart. Going and starting something is not easy, uh, and so if you don't have that support. Um, you can mess up a marriage. You can, you can. I mean, you can do all kinds of things. So, uh, definitely, who's in your corner? Do you have the support? Mm. It's never going to be the right time. Yeah. There's always a reason why you shouldn't do it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that I think Scott's right, man. You have to you have to count the cost for sure. Make a wise decision, but at some point, you have to just put your foot out there and. The next day, take another step and take another yeah. step. And take, I can't tell you how many times when I started this, I would get in my car, no joke, I would get in my car and I would drive to Starbucks so that I could run into people. I knew the busiest Starbucks in the area. I, know, I knew who frequented those Starbucks. I would go and I would plant myself in the corner of a Starbucks just so I could run into people and I could make a contact 
and I could start to grow out my network. That's scrappy starter stuff, yeah, it's right just there. Making it's it happen, killing, and right? it's and it was it was scary. It was it was scary because I you know it's it was absolutely scary. You know, and we didn't start this thing with a bunch of savings. Yeah. Like it was just a it was scary, but but it was the right time. It's it's kind of like I mean to put an illustration with it. It's kind of like jumping out of an airplane, like and packing your parachute as you're falling <laughs> right hoping so you can good. get it all folded right and put it in a yeah. bag and then put it on before you hit the ground right yep. um it's it's very similar to that so if you don't think you can do it in the air like as you're you take the step and if you don't think you have what it takes or the support around you to to fold it you're gonna fall flat right but what's so impressive about a lot of the founders that we talk to is they've done that time and time again yep They've jumped out. They've tried to pack their parachute. Um, they weren't able to do it. Splat. Well, I'm going to do it again. Yep. And they so like, um, you know, we work. We're we're a, um, you know, we are a community of investors, right? Legacy Angel Network exists for the investors. We obviously work with founders, but I'm so so much. I'm so impressed with founders that mm-hmm. um, take that step, fail, and do it again. And a lot yep. of our investors now, members, they went through that process as founders, and now they're investors worth millions, right? So it's like, um, it's a it's a really interesting, um, really interesting circular kind of uh, thing. And I don't think it's a big jump. I mean, we're in a good economy right now. I mean, you you can if you lose one job, you can False. go pick up another job. Fact check. <laughs> Hold on, no, no. <laughs> In Brevard County, I would say, but, yeah, e- but okay. even the state of Florida, Brevard's like, doing well. Yeah, you know, the state's doing well. But, but hold on, but but and I whatever. Okay, I'm from a anyway. No, this just speaks to your I, mindset where what, you really. What, you, what I'm saying is, I mean, I mean, seriously, like like yeah. you know, you can get another job if it doesn't work. You can get another job. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I think someone stepping out and starting something new, it's no different than. A thousand other steps they've had to make their entire life. Mm. There are, there's, there's been risk since the day we've been born to the day we die. There's risk every single day. People take those risks, sometimes knowingly and unknowingly. They make a choice as to what college they're going to go to, and then maybe they're shy, but they're putting themselves out there, and they're the first one to go to this school. That's a venture. Mm. That's a venture. Like, like, you know, going and grabbing your first job and being unsure whether or not you're going to perform and then you just, but you go for it anyway and you get that job and you, all of these things are steps. All, they're all steps. They're all, they're all, they all mean something. And so I think when someone goes and like they, they, they take that step and they, and they, and they make that venture, it, it's what they've been doing their whole life anyway. Maybe everyone doesn't see it that way. That's how I, I mean, that's how it was for, um, for me. Everything I feel like I've ever done in my life has been a risk. Um, and people that have been like, have had people's thumbs on them their whole life as well, and they just feel like, man, I'm going to prove the world wrong, that I'm, you know, those are often the people that are going to be the ones that are going to take more, more and more and more risks. I respect people who are, have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and someone says, no, it's not possible. No, you can't do it. And they go for it anyway. And they fail and they do it again, <clears throat> do it again, do it again. Um, yeah, I feel like, off on that, but yeah. No, man, that's, that's awesome advice, Matt. And I feel like Aubrey and I, when we were making the decision to move down here and be a part of this, a lot of our conversations just 
uh, like some of the things we got out of there. I remember we were talking one time and talking about like, I mean, even staying here is a risk. Like when we were, what we were doing in Ohio at the time, it was like, we loved where we were and who we were working with. Aubrey was running her business. It was like, uh, you know, there were so many right things, but it felt like we were taking, like we were risking so much of what we wanted to be by not taking this opportunity mm-hmm. with you all, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, Security is all an illusion, and it, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> Jess, Beck, I want to know your uh, kind of perspective coming here. What made you? I mean, all, all three of us, we have this kind of very malleable skill set, digital marketing, uh, where we can um, work anywhere. What were kind of the indicators for you? Hey, this is a lifestyle and, and uh, career change that I want to make, and I want to help grow this. Yeah, so um, before this, I was working for a social media agency that was based out of Miami in the plastic surgery industry. And um, I, there's like not any part of my life that I ever imagined working in the plastic surgery <laughs> industry <laughs> at all. That is quite the curveball. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and so I, I was there for like four years and I was I was really burnt out and prior to that I had been like doing a blog and doing like Instagram stuff and things like that on my own and so that's kind of how I got into that world and I when I was leaving when I was decided I wanted to leave there I was like I I mean yes I could go do social media somewhere like that's within my skill set now, but like after this experience, I don't even know if that's something that I want to do anymore. But I don't know what else I want to do. And um, like I've, I've, I joke that I've lived a thousand lives because before that I was doing hair. So I also was like I could go back to the salon and like start my business from scratch. But also like where is my heart? And I've always like. I really like feeling like I'm helping people. I've grown up here in Brevard County. My family moved to Palm Bay in 1997. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people live here and want to leave. And I've traveled a lot. And I always say that, like, this is a really good place to call home. Mm. And so um, when Matt came and spoke to me about come, put the possibility of coming to work here, it was kind of like, a lot of things that I care about kind of coming together in one place and one thing. And I've known Matt and his family for most of my life. And so the opportunity to like come to work with people who are basically family to me, um, it was kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And we're also, we're, we're also in like a weird or like a, I guess an interesting era where we have like all of these different options because it's not like you're relying on a big manufacturing job or like to go to the factory or whatever. I mean, obviously that's still a, a core and important part of our economy, but for people with our skill set, we really can work anywhere. So you start prioritizing like, all right, well, it's really about what kind of meeting am I getting out of what we're building here with these people? You know what I mean? Um, and so it's a testament uh, to you, Matt, that uh, I guess uh, all, all of us ended up here, man, because just the the culture we have, everything here is uh, is really great, man. I mean, versus we're like it's fun now that we're all getting to the point where we're like able to be more honest with each other and everything. You know what I mean? That's just like a, that's just the ideal scenario. That's where you really make uh, 
productive thing or productive things happen and it's just uh just a lot of fun at the same time you know i mean that's where the 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 magic of teamwork kind of comes together if it's if it's um if there's a my way or the highway kind of mentality um that doesn't work we're all kind of in this together yeah kind of we are all in this together right we work together we each have different skill sets we see the world and the room and people in different ways and so um when we bring all that together in the same room and we all feel the freedom to offer our perspective that adds to the to the total of 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 essentially the 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 quality of work and things that we could do for the community it comes all together and every part of us is put into all these projects Mm. Um, and so it's it's you know to me if if i couldn't enjoy the team that's around me if i couldn't enjoy the people that i work with um i'd rather not do it you know and that Mm. and that that includes from on the investor side it includes our our team here that makes it all happen it includes the partner side you know you want to enjoy the people you're going down a path with so when i was looking at all of you guys i was just like yeah those are my kind of people i just i I loved you guys before you were here. And so, you know, for me, that made the most logical sense is to gather, gather people you love, um, take that journey and that risk together and, and enjoy the reward together, you know, cause I, I, I do, I do picture us all, you know, um, sipping Mai Tais on a beach one day, enjoying <laughs> the, the fruits of our labor. Um, and, and that's really, for me, that's what this is all about. It's about what, what, what we can do for the community and what we can build together uh, and what we can enjoy together um, after the hard work is, is, is complete. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, that's my dream. When I think it's like awesome too, just with everyone here and how close we all are. Um, I think even just like with the history that we all have, we, um, like anytime we might have like hard tough conversations we know that we're all coming from like a genuine place of like wanting legacy to be the best that it can be yeah. and be um you know beneficial to us all it's not for um i don't know like um to be right or mm-hmm. you know um to just like make me look good or you look good or this person look good it's like no we all if legacy wins we all win and yeah. we all have that like mindset together and um that's sometimes hard to come by for sure yeah i agree so yeah fabulous one um yeah and then just in our joint sherman experience it was yeah we were like all right it's it's a risk not to take this risk like we want to see uh what we can do and what's out there and we're excited about what you all were doing and then we were just also privileged to be around like very um highly uh professional and functioning people from where we were coming from and just seeing how they were like organizing their assets to make really exciting things happen i mean the the glockners firsthand being like uh successful as they were with their businesses in which uh jim donnelly then in joint with them helped them leverage that success for more success and Mm -hmm. uh you know, with the skill set that we had and what you all needed, it was like, why wouldn't we like try that right now? You know what right. I mean? Why don't we just kind of go for it? And so, uh, yeah, it came. It, it really comes down to the, the same the same kind of thing uh, that you were experiencing. Jess is like, I you know, I can go anywhere. I can like follow each of my a thousand different lives, right? Um, 
but uh, why not go to the place uh, with the people that I uh, want to work with, you know what I mean, and uh, take, you know, so. Cool. Is there, um, like, general, like, uh, high-volume, frequently asked questions that you want to, you all want to take time to address, you know? Anything specifically you get from investors a lot? I've got one for everyone who's asked me if we are an elderly care business. Yeah. No. Yeah. What's the other one? Something like a Christian something? Yeah. yeah no. Oh, Angel. Is it yeah. a Christian organization? Right. I've, no. I've had people ask me if we're, we're like um, a chamber, like a city chamber, but just for Christians because it's an angel network. I'm like... Or, no. that's, to me, no. it, that's the funniest thing. It's like, you know, if you if you use angel I mean, I, soft toilet well, paper, does that mean you're a Christian? It's because we have Pastor Matt here oh, don't, as the don't. head of Stop the company. It. Stop it now. Stop it now. Um, no, I get it. No. I'm not and I'm not making I'm not making fun. I it's just so it's, I, yeah, actually I yeah, there's something there's a co- a couple of common uh, misconceptions um, I think that come from the general community about this angel investment network stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are seeking investment, right? And they're new to it, and they think if they have a good idea, that angel networks just have this big pile of money waiting for them. Like they're going to walk, they're going to come here, talk to us, and leave with a check. That's not how this works. Yeah. So if you're a founder and you have a good idea, great, happy for you. But if you if that idea is not vetted to death. If you have not gone and done your research, if you have not gone and done all the preparation, A, you won't get anything from anybody at any time, except for, you know, your mom might, might think you, you all have the best ideas in the world and you'll drain her uh, retirement uh, proving her wrong. Or you're going to go do your work, you're going to go get your stuff done, and then you're going to get in front of a group and you're going to be prepared. But even then, it's going to take you two, three, four, five, six months to close on funding. Like it's, it's not a, it's not like that. That's the first thing. It's just, it's not, you don't come here, give us a good idea and we cut you a check and say, all right, go, uh, go for it, kid. That's not how this works. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is uh, Legacy Angel Network and other angel investment groups are not, they're not typically, not always, I mean, there are, we have a friend that's doing one over here, but like they're, they're not uh, this angel syndicate is not a fund. We don't manage a big pile of money. Um, we manage a big group of investors who decide whether or not they are going to invest in you. Um, if you come here to an event, um, you can't, you're not gonna be pitching everybody in the room. If you're just you know, coming to an event, you're not, you won't get access to our network or to our angels unless they first go through all of our processes. And so I'm saying this, it sounds like I'm slapping people on the hand. And, and really, I am, like I am. Like, like it's you, that's not how this works. We protect our group and we, you know, and other angel syndicates are gonna do the same. All the syndications that I work with, you won't know who the investors are, you won't be able to talk to an investor unless you get through all these met criteria. And so, um, uh, that's what I would say. I would say there's a lot of misconceptions about how this works. I think people see Shark Tank and think that that's how it works. You go up, you present an idea, you get an offer, and you get a check the same day. That's not how it works. 
uh, you can look up our other episode, Megan with Swift Paws, and she can tell you that's not how that works, right? She was on Shark Tank. Um, you know, so I think I think people understanding what this is and what this isn't is super important. Because um, when you, t- you typically start to explain to people, one of the things that drives me the most nuts is when people say, oh, so you guys are like Shark Tank. Yeah. No, we're not like Shark Tank. Shark yeah. Tank, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you know, anyway. Let's get Mark Cuban on the podcast next week and hash oh, yeah. it all up, you boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, come on, man. Work yeah. on the branding for Shark Tank here. <laughs> no, so, I mean, that, that, that's obviously some things that we deal with from the founder side of things. From the investor side of things, we get... Um, the, the question that always doesn't drive me crazy or anything. I just laugh and I immediately know like how to engage this person based on the question is, so when can I expect my return? Right? So like the, if I invest 50,000, when can I expect my return? Um, that's not really how this works. It's not like a predictable, um, not in venture funding like this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the the average, fact check me here, Beck, the <laughs> average, um, like, angel-backed startup generally takes seven, five, between five to ten years before there's a successful exit, right? I mean, if you're investing thinking that you're going to get a return in six months, you know, um, that uh, your you, angel investing probably isn't for you. Yeah, you know? the only time you can um, answer that question is if you're a diverse, you have a diverse portfolio that you're offering them. So if we have this a real estate thing over here, and we have all these other, if you, then you have this measurable thing because you know. But when you're investing in venture like this, yeah, it's 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 it, that's hard to measure. I mean, even if even if the founder has an incredibly detailed forecast and they have a um, very robust exit plan, right? Even if they have clearly thought it through, um, that that, it, that just isn't how this works, right? I, Bless you. I would love to meet the founder, and maybe this has happened if you're a founder, get in contact with us if this has happened. I'd love to meet the founder that their forecast came true exactly like they predicted their exit strategy within the time frame that they predicted came true like if all of their projections that they presented to their investors came true within the timeline that they've given themselves i would love to meet that founder and like figure out how in the world they did that because that just doesn't That'd be a fun guest yeah that yeah. just doesn't happen the and podcast. i think i think experienced angel investors because they've done it numerous times they recognize it's that's not how it happens right so um forecast predictions plans yeah um it's needed i'm not i'm not telling founders not to have that you need to have that so that way the investors can see that you're thinking through these things um but if you as an investor are expecting like like clockwork perfect perfective or perfect engineering right, right of projections to happen with a with a angel back startup oh man which you're is going to be disappointed yeah, right yeah, um, yeah which is why you don't throw all your eggs in that basket like this is a small part of your portfolio right yeah. and you understand it's it is speculative even though we have our things that we put around each company to try and, and mitigate the risk um it's still speculative investing so 
So you, you, you have to be willing to be like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with this, this little 10% of my, of my you know, expendable income. I don't know what's going to happen with that over the next five to seven years, but I'm going to scatter, I'm going to scatter this across eight, 10, 12 companies. And, you know, and, yeah. and you, you have to have a plan and a strategy. Yeah. And that part of that plan and strategy is that um, each one of these companies are going to exit within three years of my, it, it's not, it's right. not realistic. Yeah, no, uh, um, I think y'all are addressing, your answers are good, and I think you're addressing just the general misconception on both founder and investing side that, like, founders thinking, hey, big pile of money, I can get this money real fast and with ease, and investors uh, are often, oftentimes unseasoned investors thinking that um, they're going to get a return next year, you know, and... and, what we're really doing is uh, building the platform that has a process that yeah. uh, makes these uh, the desired re- result achievable. It just is. Uh, it's very laborious, and that's the part that uh, that we're handling. You know? Yeah, and I think setting the expectations too is that sometimes you make an investment, and it was a wise investment, but shit still hits the fan. Like there are some things yeah. that should succeed that don't succeed, and for a, a hundred different reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I would encourage people to like just because you had one that didn't work or two that didn't work, it doesn't mean that it won't work. Right. You know, there's I mean, there's we, we have we have a company in our portfolio. You know, at one point there was the, the projected uh, outcome was phenomenal. And through a series of of unfortunate events. Um, that outcome is not looking great right now. It's not dead, but we're, I mean, we're hoping it could turn around, but you know, but that's, but, but that happens. You do everything you can to help it. Um, it should succeed. Sometimes it doesn't. And, and, uh, that doesn't mean you, you quit or you stop. It means you, you learn and you move forward. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> Fact check me back. Well said, Correct. team. <laughs> uh, just to wrap up, uh, what are you all excited about for uh, Legacy's future for the companies that we're working with? Kind of what's on your mind currently? Just give us a give us all your hot takes. One thing, I'm a little distracted by. Is that a bunny stamp on your leg? Yes. Oh, a little white bunny. Yep, that's my that's my five year old at work, soon to be five year old. You nice. like that? Well, I, I doubt anyone a man of your size, anyone's going to make fun of <laughs> for having a bunny stamp. Right. But yeah. Um, uh, so, what are we excited about? Um, yes, is my answer. We're excited. I'm excited about everything right now. We 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 um, our our investor syndication is starting to grow. Our footprint is is getting further through Brevard, um, which is which is uh, just a. I think a testament to people's belief in what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Our why is really important, and, uh, and I think people are on, are on board with it. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the other private work that we're doing here at the network. Um, you guys, uh, the the branding marketing trio over here, um, even companies that we're not funding, um, we've been able to help create great great branding, uh, great market strategy. Um, and, and that's been that's been fun to watch you guys do your magic with with other local companies. I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. Um, and then uh, you know we have some plans here for the future to add some more lounges and uh, 
you know, we have some uh, unique partnerships now with other um, funds and syndications, angel syndications, which create more deal flow, which creates sidecar deals so we can see their stuff come along and do stuff with them. They can do stuff with us. We've created some really cool partnerships um, around the state and actually around the country um, that help our offering to our investors be more robust. So we're not, we, we think outside the box. We take our connections and we explore every opportunity with those connections if it's beneficial to the members of our group and to our town. And so um, uh, I'm excited about all of those things, all the possibilities that we have coming up in the future. We're looking at doing some diversification too. Um, which you know we're 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 excited about what could happen there. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just genuinely stressed and pumped um, <laughs> about all these things, Scotty. Same. Oh <laughs> no! Oh, I'm also excited about the stuff that you guys have created for our members. So we have an app. Um, there's not a lot of angel groups that have an app. We have an app. Um, not trying to put everybody on. On you know, on what? On so, blast. On blast. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, see, you're there. You're there. You just, you just, you, yep. yeah. You get what I'm looking for. So, um, but we have that as a as a thing for our members. You you hinted to the data room. You know, um, that's it's a really awesome thing. Which we actually got that idea from one of our members who has a lot of experience in in the angel investment in the in the, in the venture world. You know, so now our members, before a company ever pitches, can go in and look at all the data, and they have all this ac this ac this access prior to a company getting the the investment. And so it's just uh, um, the stuff we're providing for our members. I think is beautiful, and it's getting better and better and better. Um, the way we're engaging with the community is getting better. The way that we're finding deals is getting easier. Um, you know, all is all is lifting up right now. It's all moving up at the same time, which is why we're all, we're all stressed. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, I feel like the first quarter of this year and just uh, when we had um, moved here last year, I mean, it was really putting the fundamental... We were putting like all the fundamental pieces together, the building blocks to like mm -hmm. really have an impactful digital presence. You know, we're not... Um, we can't like give out coupons or you know like it's not it's not a like a gimmicky kind of no. uh, ecosystem that we're in you know it's uh, building relationships and uh, providing meaningful data content information uh, for a very sophisticated people that are um, trying to take or you know expand in this part of their portfolio you know so um, uh, what we're doing just uh, uh, takes time. It has to be done right, and I feel like we're finally starting to see that traction. We were talking about that the other day. That uh, this this quarter's uh, super exciting. So very exciting, and also lastly, our podcast. Yeah, man, that is that is the most fun I have all week. Same. Um, it's really a blast for me. I'm really enjoying it, and <laughs> and our and our guests are having fun too. Yeah, man. Every, everybody seems to be having a lot of fun. Yes, they are. Fact check him. Yeah, you call you know them. what? You call all of our guests. You <laughs> will one hundred percent hear that they're all having a damn Yo, good time. Yo, Carol Craig had a blast and she was really interesting to talk to. 
Uh, and Whitney Wake walking in right yeah, now. Hi, Whitney. Come on in. You're funny. Should we make her have a seat? <laughs> yeah. Whitney. Ha- have her sit down. Yep. Come yep. On. The lights Come are here. on. Impromptu. Come here. Come, here. Come on. Come podcast. here. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Come on. Im- Im- impromptu little little jump. Here you go. Yeah. Okay. Come, right. come, you come right over here. I can't believe you just agreed to this one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 1912. <laughs> you guys talking about? Well, um, we're actually talking about uh, Legacy Angel Network, and this is a little staff podcast. We normally have a, a, a guest come on. Okay. Um, but it's amazing that you came on, came over here because. Now um, we have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah, you understand the startup world. You've uh, you are a business owner. Mm-hmm. You you've had you've done had great success in in your field, um, and you help companies with with their messaging and with their data and put all. So, yeah, why don't yeah why don't you jump in and just kind of kind of share your background a little bit and what you do. Thanks, Matt. Well, um, let's see. I have been in PR and communication since 1997. The whole first half of my career was all managing political campaigns. Uh, All of it out in New Mexico. um, All of it uh, really fun, um, like boot camp for anybody in communications. And then I switched, um, decided I'd had enough of politics, which everybody should decide that, quite frankly. And uh, decided just to work for corporate, nonprofit, um, and a lot of small businesses as well. So I've been, like I said, at it for since 1997, and a couple of years ago made um, the the decision to relocate my business to Florida. So I'm from Florida originally. Um, which is not an easy thing to take a model that works in one particular state with one set of clients and then try to superimpose it on a, a whole different place. So in, in a weird way, I'm also in the middle of a startup phase uh, now for the second time. <laughs> Freaking rock star. We were just talking about this. We were just talking we really about were. it. And what a very startup entrepreneurial move of you to just jump right into the podcast. I love it. Uh, <laughs> like <there's> well, some... <laughs> it's been a while since I had a microphone in front of me. I don't know. I feel kind of good pull, here. Maybe pull that one up just... closer to you just yeah. a little bit if you don't care. Oh, you, know, you want closer? One. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I know. I tend to I tend to, to talk fairly loudly, so I, I, I give the, the space a lot of respect. No. Is that better? Is that... Okay. While we have you here, just for the, the tail end of this, Whitney, what yeah. we need to know is what what is your scrappiest startup story thinking back to when your startup phase now or i know you like you have all kind of air conditioning problems upstairs and that kind of stuff so you're working (laughs) in it is is this true yes yes my scrappy i I have a good i have a good one okay so when i started so i i'd always i'd worked in and out of my own offices from home for a lot of years and then i would embed in campaigns and then i would kind of go back to my home office so when i started my PR agency for real. Um, I, I started uh, home office and then, you know, picked up a good couple of solid clients. Decided we needed to make our first move to a real office. And I had a very good friend of mine uh, who owned a restaurant in the Knob Hill area of Albuquerque, which is all students and uh, and a lot of people who just never go to work but drink beer. So <laughs> he had a uh, an office above his restaurant, um, which was definitely the beer drinking capital of most students. And uh, and I walked in and I said, okay, this is perfect. This is great. He gave it to me for almost nothing. The only problem was is that on Tuesdays and Thursdays was the day that they made their bacon. And it would, 
just wafe up through <laughs> the air conditioning units there. And they didn't have real air conditioners there in, in Albuquerque. Some places, a lot of places have converted to refrigerated air, but they used to use a lot of these things called swamp coolers, which use outdoor fresh air, uh, send it right on what? in. So we would literally, we every Tuesday and Thursday was just bacon day. And we had to schedule client uh, uh, meetings around Tuesdays and Thursdays. And like, we cannot have, we cannot have that person up here smelling like bacon. We could not. And on, on the other days, uh, down days, we had a couple of artists that were in the same building. And um, in New Mexico, the marijuana laws were pretty loose and, you know, fast and loose. And so I had a couple of artists that would smoke and, and paint or do whatever at the same time. And I was like, yeah, this is just getting... But this is just getting so I made it there a year and then we actually moved into a real a, a real office. So the client week. meetings were always interesting. Like oh, always interesting. Oh, the timing, you know, you anyways. But no, that that was that was my favorite story was walking out of there just smelling like bacon. So I, I don't know what else to say about it. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, um, uh, so let me just say, I'm so glad you're a part of Legacy Angel Network, oh, and you bring you your expertise to. to so, um, just a, we're gonna do a, do a plug. Can you tell everyone just kind of the name of your business and what you business. are doing? So, I have rebranded my my company is called the Way Company. It still exists, but created uh, two new divisions in the last year and a half. One is called EcoSmart PR, um, and this is my baby. I really want to be focusing on as many environmental projects as I possibly can. Water is my favorite, mm. um, but anything, plastics recycling, carbon recapture, um, telling great stories, most importantly, for technological companies that are coming on board um, and uh, really need to find that space between government support and, um, and the free market. Very mm-hmm. difficult when you talk about technologies that are um, uh, in existence to improve the environment, the, the immediate market is not always there from a consumer standpoint. Um, and then the second division that I launched is called the 5Ws Writing and PR Service. And the reason that we did this is because a lot of companies really, really struggle to create their written content. And by that, I don't necessarily mean, you know, like four words that go in a social media post. You've got, there's a lot of people that offer that service at an affordable rate. But there's a huge space um, with companies where they have to take uh, volumes of material and call it down into something that's readable for, for the general public. It might be policy related. It might be legal um, and the, but the, the main, the main struggle with it is that it's got to be affordable and classically PR agencies, um, are known for charging a whole lot of money. Mm. Um, usually if you're going to do writing and I use my fingers quotes that you all can't see because we're on, on audio, not on video. No, no, but, no, no you're on video. Oh, on video. Well, there you go. Okay. Good, well, good. Yeah. Okay. Good thing I wasn't like scratching my nose or something. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, PR agencies typically charge a lot of money for that kind of forward-thinking work, um, and we're offering the service at a much more affordable rate. Quite frankly, we're getting to the point where we need to compete with bots like ChatGPT, which I've been going off on for the last couple of weeks about this. But yeah, so a more affordable rate for basically the same service, um, and hopefully it's a more um, amenable and interesting service uh, here in the Space Coast where you actually don't have a strategic communications firm at this point. Um, right. I'm really the first and only that's located here on the Space Coast. So. And your office is rad. Like, oh, thank you. Your I have space all of up, my there artwork up there is really freaking cool. Yeah, nobody's going to know what to do with all of my New Mexico artwork. I have a very, very oh, we fierce have to see it. Native American it. painting that's up there and is very scary, but he <laughs> has this determined look, and I feel like I have to absorb that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, I love anytime it. I can crash your podcast, you just <laughs> that's let me awesome. know. That's awesome. 
We're going to have to have you back for an official episode, but this was a fun, uh, this was a fun addition. Oh, we thanks. appreciate you. I appreciate yep. it. Yep. I appreciate yeah. it. Cool. Is that a wrap? Yeah, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Yeah.